This is Maya, aka DJ Ditch Bitch, and you're listening to UCLA Radio. Welcome to Crushing. This podcast slash show explores crushes as a lens for self-discovery. Crushes are mirrors. They tell us more about who we want to be before we feel like we have realized it ourselves. Hey, Megan. Hi, Maya. Uh, Welcome to episode two of the Crushing podcast. Um, Just so you guys know, Megan is my adult friend from Montauk and we surf together out there and she's a super cool lady. So Megan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So thanks so much for having me, Maya. Um, I am an adult if in age, if nothing else. Um, I'm 38 and I started surfing um, at the tender age of 33. Um, it was something that I always had wanted to do. And I think something that we'll probably talk more about over the next, you know, kind of time that we're together is that I, I didn't really have the confidence to do it when I was younger. And then one of the beauty parts about being in your thirties is that you kind of stop caring what other people think. And so I finally, um, jumped off the deep end and, um, invested in some lessons and that's how, uh, how we came across each other. Um, but yeah, in my in my real life, I work at a homeless service nonprofit um, in New York City. Uh, we serve families with children primarily um, in 13 locations uh, around four boroughs, almost five, five uh, coming next year. That's sick, Megan. Thanks for sharing. Um, where'd you go to college? Uh, I grew up in New York City, born and raised, and then I went to Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, where I majored in philosophy and creative writing, um, which were wholly applicable to basically nothing, um, but a, a really interesting and fun experience while I was able to have it. <laughs> so we're both New York City born and raised then. Yes, ma'am. A couple decades after you. Sorry, I keep making <laughs> It's not that's just becoming a thing um (laughs) yeah okay cool well since we both grew up in new york city um to start things off why don't we play mona lisa's and mad hatters by elton john now i know spanish harlem just pretty words to say But now I know that rose trees never grow in New York City Until you see this trash can dream come true You stand at the edge while people run you through I thank the Lord There's people out there like you I thank the Lord There's people out there like you While Mona Lisa's and bad hatters Sons of bankers, sons of lawyers Turn around and say good morning to the night for unless they see the sky, but they can, and that is why. 
No, not if it's dark outside or light Just what we've got It's got a lot of songs to sing If I knew the tunes I might join in I'll go my way Shall be song in New York City. Subway's no way for a good man to go down. Rich man can't ride, and the hobo he can drown. And I thank the Lord for the people I have found. I thank the Lord for the people I found. While Mondeezers and Bad Hatters, sons of bankers, sons of lawyers, turn around and say good morning to the night. For unless they see the sky. But they can, that is why No, not if it's dark outside or light Now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say Subway's no way for a good man to go down. Rich man can ride, and the hobo he can't drown. I thank the Lord for the people I have found. I thank the Lord for the people I have But they can and that is why They know not if it's dark outside or light They know not if it's dark outside So, Megan, you recommended that song to me. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you picked it? Yeah, so I think, um, look, I think for me, and maybe for you, but for me, I think that New York City will always be my, like, first love, right? Um, and I think that that song, um, you know, was written about kind of like a disillusionment around coming to New York, right? It's a, like, you hear this song, There is a Rose in Spanish Harlem, which is a, an old Motown song. And 
Um, it, it is, it's about like how beautiful the city is. And then this was really about kind of the underbelly of the city, right? Like trash can dreams come true. But to me that, that underbelly is what makes New York, New York. Um, and is the kind of like beautiful, wonderful part of the city. And particularly um, that you find all these crazy, interesting characters within it and that it's people are really what um, make it so amazing. And I think after the year that New York City has had, um, it just, I don't know, it's just been something that's been like really heavy on my rotation um, because I, I know that the city will get back to what it was. Um, and that it's people will kind of start to have that that energy and that strength and that uniqueness again. Um, but we lost a lot, you know, and we lost a lot of people. And that's, um, it's just, it's a tough one. But uh, it's, I think for me, like I said, New York City is my, my first crush, my first love, right? And will always, always kind of be that special place for me, so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the song really speaks to the resilience of New York City. Um, and it kind of reminds me of this live performance of The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel that they did in Central Park after night. Kind of evokes the same emotion for me. Um, and I really like what you said about New York City being your first love because I like feel the same way. Um, I really love the rusticness of the city and I'm super endeared by like how dirty it is. And like, I grew up riding mm -hmm. the Q subway line, um, my entire childhood. And like, I feel super nostalgic for that, even though it's dirty and grimy and super crowded, like definitely has a space in my heart. And like, I feel like weirdly because of all the distancing that we've had to do because of the pandemic it's like I'm craving that closeness of like being in a subway car surrounded by people even though it's kind of yucky it just feels like such a symbol of community um and like I feel like in LA it's just not the same like you don't get that closeness um that I experienced as a kid so I miss it right now no I, I was just gonna say yeah it's like it's the the subway car too even in the song they talk about it, it's like you know, you, there's, there's someone experiencing homelessness, there's a businessman, there's people from all walks of life, and they come together, right? And like, even if it's for this brief moment, we're all there, and we're all sharing that same energy, um, which, to your point, does feel weird to talk about sharing anything with anyone at this point. <laughs> but, but there is a, a vibrancy and like a, a tangible something um, when you when you have all of that coming together. And I think that's what a lot of us are missing and feeling right now. And, and not the you know, perfectly clean kind of um, hygienic version of it. Like, like to your point, like I want the dirty version. I was telling a friend of mine, like I want to go to a show and like be dancing and have somebody else sweat on me. Like I want to know that it's not mine. And then, I'll, then it'll be like, oh, we're back. This, we can do this, you know? Um, and and maybe that's a, a New York City thing too, being in the basement of some grimy bar or whatever, but that's, that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Me and my roommates talk like all the time about just like being in the mosh and just being thrown around. Like we just want to be thrown around and just yeah, dude. other people and that energy um, that I mean, I get from being around other people, like other people make me feel really good um, and they like help me recharge my battery. So I'm definitely missing that. Um, okay, so this podcast, Megan, as you know, is about crushes. Um, and you talked a little bit about 
New York City being your first crush. Um, but I was wondering if related to that, if there's a person in you, in your life who you feel um, taught you more about who you are. You know, I, I mean, I think about like, you know, even my first crush, right, which is like somebody that I still know, um, which is amazing. And I feel super lucky that that's even the case. Um, but the kind of through line to all of the crushes that I've had are, um, you know, I, I, I was very invested in like the fantasy, like in the, in the story. Right. And in the, it's like, I'd seen one too many movies and it was like, you know, the person who in this case, like your brother's friend or like your, um, you know, your best friend and they just don't see you that way or whatever. Right. Like that's kind of been a lot of my version of, of crushing or whatever, uh, that it was, this way that I kind of, um, yeah, like played out the fantasy instead of actually confronting the the reality, right? And actually like being vocal about maybe what I was feeling or what it was I wanted and like advocating for myself. Um, but yeah, even like trace it back all the way to the beginning. And it was like, you know, I was, yeah, I was like four or five years younger, right? So it was like, that was not, never going to happen and like weird and pervy, right? But at the time, it just seemed totally natural. And that was, you know, um, but I think that's always kind of been my, my MO is like set myself up for things that are unattainable because the story in my head was a lot more fun to play out than to actually deal with the reality of like what was, what was facing me. Yeah. I totally relate to that, Megan. I feel like I tend to have crushes on people that are not interested in me because I have this fear that if I actually become interested in somebody who might like me back, then I could be rejected and I could be abandoned by them. So that's why I always like create these mental pictures of people who um, are either like unavailable, maybe they just like don't live near me or like they're literally in another relationship, you know, and it's like frustrating because at first I was just like mad at the fact that like, oh, the person I'm crushing on doesn't like me back. But then I had to take a step away from the situation and realize that I have this tendency to fixate on people who are unavailable to me. And that has to do with being a wall in order to protect myself. Yeah, 100%. I'm nodding, which is unhelpful for your radio audience, but um, I am nodding all the way along. And like, I think, I think, yeah, it's like, it's so much safer to live in the bubble, right? And like, and, and to um, just go where the story goes and not have to worry about it. And like, even... Um, and, and I think for, for me, what I would engage in too, or like a lot of these um, sort of like crush situations where I would, I would get like a little bit of, of that need met, right. By either like, like, you know, I'd get some special attention or I get some kind of, you know, friendship or like some level of intimacy, right. Like whether that was emotional, physical or whatever, but it was it was not, you know, fully brought together as a relationship. And it was either like, you know, when I was super young, it was like, okay, because like I was super young and that's just a lot to handle, right? When you have a close emotional relationship and a, and a you know, intimate physical relationship. But 
I think even as I got older, it was like, I just walled myself off from that because um, I just didn't like being that vulnerable on so many levels. So a lot of times too, like, even if I, I would, even though I kind of knew what the deal was, like I would resist saying anything to the person because um, the fantasy was just so much more fun. Right. And like actually telling the person would, would yes, give me closure and yes, allow me to move on. But, you know, knowing either way and also kind of knowing that it wasn't going to go my way, it was like, or I could just not say anything and we could just keep playing this game, which is, you know, ultimately not the best idea. Yeah. I feel like you're, you touched on how the game is like a really big part, was a big part of like your younger dating life. And I feel like I'm definitely experiencing that right now. I feel like a lot of, I guess like a lot of the dating that I've done in the past year has been like so transactional and so just like Mm. he cares less. I think that I like at first like was like really obsessed with like this Cinderella story and I was like this romantic but I feel like being in college has converted me to not being a romantic and has kind of pulled me away from that um and now I've like learned the game and I just like know how to chase I know how to like get people to chase after me but I always make sure that those are people that I don't actually like enough emotionally so it's like I can have that physical relationship with them but like other than that like nope and then I just move on to the next one which is like a toxic behavior arguably but also I feel like that kind of transaction is really has been instilled into dating culture um especially who are in college and um I think that I felt like because that's been a trend like I've kind of had to hop on it and I've had a lot of fun with that but I also think that it there's like a part of me that just like wants more and it's hard for me to um find a way to arrive at like that romance that I want um because that's something that the culture is shifting away from yeah I think like for me you know I think that's what like in my in my 20s um there was definitely and I like I I wanted to be someone who was more okay with um you know with that more transactional side of dating right of like that it was not a big deal that I could go out and have fun that I could you know be physical with somebody and like not not like be worrying if they were going to call me or whatever the next day or something like that and that's um as the older I've gotten or the older I got because it's a while ago now I realized that like more power to the women who are able to do that and like compartmentalize in that way I am not that person. <laughs> um, and I, and it took me a while to kind of like get to that place. Right. And to be like more okay with all of the feelings that I had for a long time, I kind of thought that all of those feelings made me like messier or more complicated or like more like high maintenance in some way. Right. Um, uh, which was sort of not the, not the, the person that I was kind of projecting and wanting to be right. I was like, I've always been kind of like a guy's girl and more like chill and go with the flow and whatever. And in a lot of aspects of my life, that's true. Um, but in my dating life, that's kind of not true, right? Because because I have these deep vulnerabilities and I did have these insecurities and that like, I wasn't able to kind of separate those things out. 
Um, and the more that I've been able to sort of own that, um, the much easier it's been for me to kind of deal with, yeah. you know, either crushes or relationships or whatever. I really think what you said um, about like boundaries is super important. I feel like having boundaries isn't being needy. It's just understanding yourself. And I feel like women are sort of set up to feel like um, creating like rules for themselves and like um, boundaries. It's like super frowned upon. Um, right comes off as just being like crazy um but no my favorite is like you're being so sensitive or you're being so dramatic and it's like but okay like I have feelings I'm feeling my feelings I'm sorry I don't know what you want me to do <laughs> for me like I'm like definitely like able to separate like my sex life from like romantic feelings um but and it's like I've never had like a boyfriend like a long a super long-term relationship where like I'm like being physical with that person and like I'm like emotionally interested in them too and so mm -hmm. like, but I've also had like these crushes that uh where like I'm like super emotionally invested in them but like I haven't had the chance to hook up with them or like I'm not gonna hook up with them because they're not available to me and so like for me like having both the at the same time just feels like this like thing that is just so unattainable it's challenging because i since i'm so walled up i don't want to like take the leap and like mm -hmm. put my feelings on the table and if i don't put my feelings on the table there's no way that i can arrive at like a relationship with somebody um but along yeah. lines, um in reference to taking the leap uh, why don't we play Get It While You Can by Janis Joplin. In this world, if you bring the paper song, you know everybody's fine. You got no one you can count on me, not even your brother. So someone comes along, he gonna give you some love and affection. Let's see why you can't. Yeah. Taking a gamble on a little song
one. I, I always love Janis Joplin and how she just screams. I'm just like, yes, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think with that one though, it's like, you know, obviously, I mean, obviously the, the words are pretty obvious, right? Like they're, they're, they're but the, the kind of why I picked it though too is because, you know, she's talking about like a very different model, right? That's like, get what you can while you can and, and whatever it is, it is, right? And she obviously was writing from a pretty dark place. She, she died fairly soon after um that was recorded but it's like it, I think that you know for me especially when I was when I was younger um was about you know like I was willing to take kind of what you were saying before the song whatever I could get um and it was like okay if I can only get the like friendship side from this okay fine like I'll use that part to feed this part of my soul and then if I can get the physical part from somewhere else like okay I'll use that part to feed that part of my soul instead of kind of saying like you know just hold the fuck up for a second right and like why like let me why let me believe that there is somebody out there from which I can get all the things right that like there's that I don't have to kind of you know make myself smaller or and just take the little bits that are left over from other places right like there's there's you know hopefully somebody out there that like would want you know, want all the things, right? The messiness, the whatever, and and also be willing to give all the things, right? Um, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you, I think like everyone just deserves to be with somebody who treats them like they're enough, uh, whatever they are. And I think that it's super easy, like you said, to just kind of like, get all these different pieces from like lots of different people in your life and sort of settle for that um but I think and like that's also like super fine too but I think like for me at least I'm not gonna compromise like who I am and like what I care about for like other people um and like I want to be with somebody who's like super stoked about me and like cares that I cares about what I do. I want to be with somebody who like I can go surfing with and who cares about the writing that I do, who I can talk about music with. I think um, those things are like super important to me and like having someone that I don't feel like I have to like walk on eggshells around or like I can't share my feelings to like I can't I can't share my opinions with um, would be something that I'm like not willing to compromise on. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think at one point we talked about or like in, you know, whether whether experience with crushes were positive or negative, right? And I think that like it can be positive in that it can show you these things about yourself, right? Of like, okay, why am I why am I interested in this person? And why is it a crush and not a relationship, right? Like, what is the what is the barrier that's keeping us in that place? Um, but I think also, like, you know, I think it is a way that we, or at least that I have kind of kept myself from from really like, you know, kind of shine out, right? Like, fly the freak flag, you know what I mean? Like, it's you know, it's kind of been a way to like, oh well, if I, you know, it's like a if I have a crush on somebody who would compliment me in some way then like together you know what I mean we'll make this you know better unit right or as opposed to like just being 
cool with being freestanding and like if somebody else comes along like great if not also great like we'll see you know but not about like two halves making a whole it's about two no fuck that shit yeah (laughs) fuck that i'm not half a person i'm a whole no i hate that yeah for sure and like I, I've like talked to a lot recently to my therapist about like getting like super stoked on myself and like believing in myself because like, I feel like once, um, we learn to accept ourselves and love ourselves, then that's what we'll receive back, um, from other people because like, yeah, I don't know if you've like looked into the law of attraction and stuff like that, but I think it's really true. Like, um we don't get what we want we get what we are and so Mm -hmm. you love yourself and you just are who you are that's going to be reciprocated back to you in your social in your relationships um so it's not about like dreaming up this crush and just wanting something so badly so badly you actually just need to be who you are and like learn to love yourself which is something that we have right during quarantine because we're all stuck with ourselves anyway so it's like well this right. is hot, so let me work with this a hundred percent a hundred percent and i think too yeah because like the the other like inevitable pe- inevitable piece of a crush right is that like, like unless it's i don't know i don't know if you've been in an experience where like a crush turns into a relationship um i it's been like very rare in yeah. my experience Never. okay yeah so I had one. So it was like, we were like mutually, you know, crushing on each other and like, didn't know it. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but the rest has all been totally one-sided, which I think is sort of like the nature of a crush, right? As opposed to just like a relationship. But um, but inevitably, like in a crush, like, you know, you, you the, the, the crusher like doesn't get chosen, right? Like the person you have a crush on, like goes off and dates somebody else. Or like, you know, in my case, because, I am the adult friend, like gets married and has kids and you know what I mean? Like does the whole life thing and you're kind of like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, still That's here. Great. I'll have stress dreams about, like I literally yeah. have stress dreams about me, like having this intense crush and then being at somebody's wedding and having to like be like, fuck, like I love, yeah. you. like you're supposed to want me. And it's like, you got to get over it and just like accept it. Or like, what's your advice on that front? Like, what do you do when you're stuck in that situation? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think to your earlier point though, it's like, you kind of recognize like that you, that it was never really a match to begin with. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason you didn't get together. And like, there's a reason that, you know, it, it, what it didn't happen. And it's either like that you weren't ready for it or like that, um, you know, the person just wasn't actually a, a good match. Right. And so that's, that's, I think, you know, and, and when you're really kind of like in touch with yourself and, and, and um, like to your point, loving yourself, right. It's like, then you know that those things are true as opposed to just having that feeling of like being not enough. And like, the yeah. one, like one thing I'll say, I think it's in, um, it's in it's in one of the like to all the boys movies because yes I've watched all of them. Um, the guy says like there's nothing worse than like the pain of not being chosen, and it's like yeah that that yeah. is true, and I that's I think um, 
But I think sometimes we go for the crush because it like reinforces it for us. And it's like, oh, this is my story. I'm just the one who doesn't get chosen, you know? And it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because living outside of that box is just a little scarier, you know? Of like actually doing the work and instead just settling for yourself, like being not enough and just creating the idea. Right. Um, and yeah, like it fucking sucks not to be chosen. Like, and I like, I guess I like have definitely like associated with that like mantra before, like, oh, like I'm never chosen. Like nobody ever picks me. But again, like, like we said before earlier, I feel like I had to recognize that I like wasn't picking people that were available in the first place. So obviously they weren't going to pick me like, duh, it wasn't going to work out. Um, and also it's like the person that you should ultimately be with shouldn't make you feel like shit because they shouldn't make you feel like you're not enough. Um, it sucks to feel like that, you know, and like, no, I guess like speaking of like dreaming up somebody um why don't we play she by harry styles his kids off at school and he's thinking of you like all of us do sends his assistant for coffee in the afternoon around 1.32 he knows what to do No way. 
six minute serious rock song on what was you know otherwise billed as a pop album um and yeah the, with a two minute instrumental at the end which is just like so rad but um but yeah I mean I think that whole song is about like fantasy versus reality right and like here's this guy who's obsessed with a woman that he's 
never met, doesn't know, but that he sees and who occupies all of his brain space, but like he's got a whole life and it's this back and forth of do I, do I want to give up this whole life that I have for something that I don't even know what it is. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of the, that's the like crazy town part of having a crush, right. That like, you'd be willing to blow up, blow it all up for a chance of like, you know, just saying hi to some woman or man or whatever. Yeah. Especially like in the dating app scene, I've just become obsessed with people that I've literally never met. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with you, Maya? You literally have just seen a couple photos of them. I've come up with an entire like idea. There's what a whole story. There's right. a whole story that I've concocted in my imagination and it's just completely unfounded. And like, that's the definition of a crush. But I also do have to say that I would literally keel over if a man wrote me a song. Like I would be, yeah. that would be the best thing ever. Like I would, tears would be running down my face. Like, ah, oh, I'd love that. See, I want to say that that's where I'd be, but then also knowing me and, and our, our, you know, kind of going back to the feelings part of things. Like I also might go to the place of being like, oh, that you're crazy. Like that's way too much. And like, I can't deal with that. Yeah. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> um, oh my God, wait, this reminds me of a hilarious story. So when I was a freshman in high school, I like went over to this guy's house and he like sat me down on the couch and like played this, he wrote a song and he starts playing the song for me. And I am such a big idiot. Like I'm like, oh, this song is about some other girl. Like, I don't know why he's making eye contact with me and playing it to me. Like, it's definitely about this other girl. And then I just like didn't react at all. And now in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I feel super bad for this dude. Cause I just was like, the whole idea of him liking me just went over my head completely. And I feel like the reason why is because I just like didn't think I was that cool. So I was like, Oh, like I don't deserve his feelings. Like it could never be about me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you just have to be like open to it, right? In that moment and like trust that that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being in the moment. I think that's a super important part of all of this that we've been mm -hmm. talking about. Um, well, we've talked about like, a lot of advice so far, but um, is there anything else that you feel like you didn't know that when you were younger that you wish you knew? So I'm I'm gonna set up the next song if that's okay, like by, in explaining this in this, explaining this answer, right? Okay. So so the song that I that I picked is um, Ooh La La, which is originally recorded by The Faces, which was Rod Stewart um, and his first incarnation. But this is a cover um, by Trampled by Turtles, which is one of my favorite bluegrass bands. Um, and, and I think that the reason that I picked it is that because I think as much as um, I would like to say like, you know, oh, if only I had known, I would have done everything so much differently, right? Like everybody has to do it for themselves and you have to go through it on your own, right? And like, the idea that somebody wrote this song, you know, nearly 50 years ago, and then somebody else re-recorded it, right? Like, we're still trying to tell each other the same messages, right? And I think that, like, all of art 
and music and expression and writing. Like we're, we're trying to share life lessons so that we somehow diminish the suffering of those who come after us. And like, it just, it's just, you still have to go through it. Right. And so, and what's interesting for me now at my age, right. And having friends like you and, and others who are 10 years younger than me and, and, you know, 15 years older than me and whatever, like through surfing, right. Like it kind of runs the spectrum. Um, is that I now appreciate what people were trying to tell me when I was that age. And I was sort of like, meh, like, oh, I'll get there when I get there. Right. And like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a strange position to be in though, to like watch somebody and be like, oh, I would make, I would want to make different choices for you. Right. But like, also trusting that, you know, the people that I know in my life, like yourself and others are, are going to make the best choices for, for you, for themselves at, at that moment. And like, going to have your own process and you're going to figure it out. And like, yes, you know, listen to what, listen to what I say and what other people say or whatever, but like, you have to, you know, it's been centuries of trying to like inform our younger selves and um and not all of it takes you know so just enjoy the process and enjoy the ride right and not and don't be so worried about like figuring it all out um because nobody knows we still don't know yeah I feel like the whole idea of the process is the thing that's common to the human experience um and I know for me I really had to be treated like shit to realize all right like I'm like it's over <laughs> and no matter well, we, we, how much people in my life told me like Maya no like you can like this is not a good situation like you can do better like this is you know like you don't have to be put in this position you don't deserve to be put in this position I couldn't come to that realization until I experienced it for myself and uh under came to that understanding yeah. Yeah. And, and now, and now, you know, right. And now you have your own, you, you, you know, your own resilience, you have your own set of kind of, you know, warning signs, benchmarks, barriers, whatever you want to call it boundaries. Right. Like, but you are equipped now to kind of handle the next situation as it comes in way better than you would have been had you just listened to the people. And I'm not saying like go forth and make all the mistakes. Right. But there are some things that you, you're just going to have to do. And that, um, you know, trust in yourself and trust that trust in the process and trust that everything is a learning experience. Because like feelings are real and you can't just make them go away. And some you just have to move through them and learn from them, you know, and you can't be exactly how you felt in the past because you had to go through certain things to realize um, like why your judgments were wrong. Mm -hmm. 100%. all right, so let's play Ooh La La, covered by Trampled by Turtles. Yeah. 
don't ever let it show. I wish now I knew what I know now. When I was younger, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was stronger, I can't can such a pretty show. It's still your heart away. The back steps back on earth again. The dressing rooms are gray. I come on strong and it ain't too long. I'm gonna make you feel a man. Love is blind and you soon may find you're just a boy again. Crows, who are like our mutual favorite band, play the Ryman Auditorium, um, which is just 
you know, it's like the pinnacle of all of mu of country music, of rock music. Like it's it's the the place if you're gonna see a show. Um, and they had like a ton of special guests coming on, and and one of the special guests was Peter Frampton, which is amazing. But they ended the show um, by playing a Rolling Stones song that we're about to hear called "Happy," um, and it's uh, it basically it, it, the 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 lyrics are like you know all these other things in life have never like turned me on. Like I've never been impressed by like sunsets or cocktails or like, I don't have fun, you know, with anything. I just need a love to keep me happy. And um, I, while I don't necessarily agree with that to our, like all the, the conversation that we've had before, um, I do think that there's something to the simplicity of it, of like, it's, it's a happy song. It's an up song. Um, and I think to me, it's like a hopeful song, right. Of like, there is something, you know what I mean, that's gonna just make you happy. And maybe it's maybe it's hanging with your brother in Nashville, Tennessee, right? Or maybe it's, you know, being in LA with your roommates or or whatever. But I think it's um, you know, there's like it's all it's it's all not so heavy all the time, right? Like there can be some levity to 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 all of this. Even having a crush, right, can be kind of silly and fun sometimes and you don't always have to get your heart broken, you know, like, um, it can just be fun to flirt and, you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. um, get your heart broken, like Penny Lane says, and almost famous, you just go to the record store and you put on one of your friends. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Put on that Taylor Swift and I start right. running or like, I go for a surf and like, maybe it's not that bad, you know? So yeah. on that note, here's to happiness. Let's hear happy by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
I resisted being on Instagram for the entirety of existence until the pandemic. Um, and then social distancing won, won the argument between me and Instagram. Uh, so that's where you can find me. I've yet to post anything, um, but you know, that's where I exist technically. <laughs> so at some point, maybe I'll graduate to posting. All right, Megan, that was awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This is DJ Ditch Bitch, and you're listening to UCLA Radio. I'll see you guys next Tuesday, where we'll talk to Madeline Javier and her business partner, Alex, about crushes.
like that you're supposed to be embarrassed about it or something, which is like bullshit, you know? Yeah. That like somehow something being like unrequited is like embarrassing, right? And it's like, why isn't it just flattering, you know? It's true. That's like such a good point. 